Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And we're back here on Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. Hendon Hooker is presumably somewhere in the city of New Orleans right now, or hopefully not eating at TGI Fridays. I think that that tradition ended with... Byron Scott and Chris Paul. Did you ever have you ever heard that story? No, I was like, wait a minute, where are you going with this? Are you going to say Chipotle because of Derek Carr? No, well, Chipotle, yeah, the Chipotle is the new TGI Fridays, <laughs> apparently. No, so there's this really funny story about Byron when Scott brought Chris Paul to TGI Fridays. Sure did. So Chris Paul didn't want to come here. Chris Paul didn't even want to come on a workout, like a pre-draft workout. And this, the Pelicans, actually, the Hornets at the time. <laughs> We're like, we're going to draft you, so you should just come because it's not going to stop us from drafting you. And he was like, well, God damn it, fine. I'll go down there. And he does the pre-draft workout, and then Byron Scott is like, let's go to dinner, and he takes him to TGI Fridays. <laughs> wow. So like that was what, when, I, when I posted that previously, someone replied that it was like a Katrina thing. But as we just looked up, because I, I, I hadn't actually fact-checked that until just now, this was in June... <laughs> This was prior to Katrina, so there was no like, oh, we're rebuilding. Three Jeff Fridays is the only restaurant available. No, Byron Scott. I think that fit his personality. If you remember Byron Scott, anyway. So I don't. I hope. I hope for this Saints' sake, they are not taking Hendon Hooker to TGI Fridays. I'm gonna put a m- money on Drago's or like an Emerald, something like that. Possibly, possibly. Uh, Jordan Hawkins, the UConn shooting guard, got food poisoning from calamari in Houston. So hopefully they're not feeding him any rotten calamari. But yeah, so let's talk more about that. And and I thought Mark Ross is an NFL Network um, analyst, former NFL executive. He had a really good breakdown of some of the reasons you will bring in a player for a visit. You get 30 of them. Each team gets 30 of them. But it's not always like, oh, we're going to draft this guy. We're going to bring him in. There's a lot of other reasons, and sometimes it's literally just you're trying to trick somebody into thinking you have interest in a guy that you actually don't. I'm not saying that's the case here, but I think he does a really good job of, uh, of explaining this. So here it is. There's really like five main buckets of why you would bring a player in. Number one is you just want to feel comfortable with the player. Not many issues, but you just want to bring them into your building like a Will Levis. Nothing really wrong off the field. You just want to have him around your building because he's such a high prospect. Everybody feel comfortable. Number two, if they have some issues off the field with character like a Jalen Carter, you want to bring them into your facility to have everybody talk to him 
get, get work him out, talk to him, get and see what kind of person he is so you feel comfortable with him. Number three, it's the medical. If guys have some sort of medical issues like a Hendon Hooker to bring him in, get him with your team doctors to check that ACL out, have everybody pull and tear and tug at him even more so than they did at the combine. Number four is not the top prospects, but there's guys people don't realize. You got the draft, but then after the draft, there's hundreds and hundreds of guys, players that don't get drafted that you bring them in to sort of recruit them to sign them as a free agent. And the fifth and final one is, when you're not really interested in a player, but as you're playing a little bit of subterfuge of we're bringing this player in, trying to throw everybody off the scent. Wow, X team really loves this guy. We got to either jump ahead of them or sort of trade with them to sort of get your guy. So you're going to see a bunch of prospects who will have legitimate reasons why team bring, brings them in. But then there's also that game where teams play of, hey, man, we don't really like them, but we're going to make teams think that. So don't believe everything you see and read and hear about these visits, Steve. He wasn't talking to you, but is, I'm talking to Steve. But yeah, Mark Ross is really good. I, I don't know why he doesn't have more followers on Twitter. We've had him on Sports Talk before. He's been very helpful, and he does a good way of explaining things. And I think that he did a really good job breaking that down. And if you look at one of all of those options and you want to pick one that really probably explains this Hendon Hooker visit, it's number three from what Mark just explained. And this is a guy who tore his ACL. He had a complete tear of his ACL late in his college career. He did not work out at the Senior Bowl. He was there. He didn't work out. He didn't work out at the Combine. He didn't work out at his pro day. The Saints want their doctors to get a look at him. They want to get a picture of how he's doing. And obviously, yeah, you're still also trying to get a, a more in-depth picture of the guy as a, as a player, as a person. And that's always important. The Saints value that process greatly. But I don't think this is a first-round gambit. I think this is a if we end up in the third or fourth round, he's still on the board, you know, at 71 or whatever the fourth-round pick is. And we are like, hey, mate, let's pull a trigger, right? We want to know all the information. We don't want to be guessing. We want to have every available piece of information that we can have, and you're already going to be operating in a deficit because he hasn't been participating in these on-field drills. So, you know, I think there's a lot of conversation about 29. I would be stunned, absolutely stunned, if the Saints are even considering using that first-round pick on Hendon Hooker just because if you were even in that state of mind and you were like thinking he's a franchise type quarterback which you would have to be to use that pick there you wouldn't have done what you didn't sign Derek Carr the only reason for me I wouldn't be as shocked or blown away by it is because with that first round selection you get that extra year and I feel like you know you're gonna have Hendon Hooker pretty much taking a red shirt this season yeah, but I mean, if he's good, you would just, it wouldn't change this, the game that much because if you get to that third season and you're not playing him, does that change that much? I mean, you could extend him. And I mean, you're, you're doing it if you think like this is like a Pat Mahomes situation. Yeah. And if you thought that, what's changed in the last month? That's that's changed your opinion of him that strongly because you committed 150 million dollars to Derek Carr and you're committed to trying to win with Derek Carr, so not taking a piece that is going to actively help you win with the quarterback you yeah, just that's brought the big in one for sure and with an aging roster, you would have to be so committed to Hendon Cook, Hook, Hendon Cooker, Hendon Hooker that 
that it, it would just have never made sense to sign Derek. You would have gone and tried to get Jimmy Garoppolo or someone more affordable. Or, hey, Jameis, we're bringing you back as right, the starter. Right, we're You would have tried to you. get a bridge, and you did not. Derek Carr is not a bridge, at least not in the sense that you're bringing in a guy that you anticipate is, is your franchise cornerstone, which if you're taking him in the first round, he has to be. No, I feel that same way, too. If that first-round pick, obviously, you have your quote-unquote quarterback, your guy now. You, you got to put something either offensive line yeah. or just something to help him out. Well, I mean, look at Aaron Rodgers. Like, I'm not saying Derek Carr is Aaron Rodgers. I think he would handle the situation a lot better than <laughs> Aaron Rodgers did when they drafted Jordan Love. But it's a similar situation of, like, guys, I'm here to win for you. I need you to help me help you. And the Packers did not do that. And they're still not doing that. But, yeah, it's, it, you know, this is funny because I am being very contradictive of my own take in this segment because you go back like a month and there's evidence of this on Twitter and I do need to tweet like a corrective or at least like a... Uh-oh, what, what's your backtrack? It's not, not a corrective so much as a, a caveat in that I tweeted earlier in this process and we, we I said this on the podcast, is... If you're taking Hendon Hooker in this draft, you would take him as your future franchise quarterback. You would take him at 29. You would not wait to 40. You would not wait till 71. But at that point, I'm operating on the information of the Saints have no one under contract but Jameis Winston. And if that, if you're going into the draft under that scenario and you are drafting a guy who you expect to be your starter, you have to do that at 29 if you are committed to it. Now that Derek Carr is on the roster, that changes in my opinion because you are you are inevitably not drafting your immediate starter. You are drafting a project because it has to be a project. Otherwise, you wouldn't you wouldn't have done this to begin with. So I, I did I am changing my take completely in that regard. But that's what happens when you have a cemented starting quarterback, which the Saints do now. Right. I'm sure that was different then. Obviously. Yeah, they didn't have Derek Carr. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Now, the thing is, too, though, what if this pre-draft process that they go through with Hooker and they're like, man, this this guy's like the deck Steve McNair What or could something. he do? <laughs> He's still not working out. I guess you're right. You have to look at his, his tape, obviously. <laughs> but and, and, I, and all I keep hearing about... You say Steve Young? Uh, no, Steve McNair. I was going to say, because Taysom Hill is the next Steve Young. <laughs> right, clearly. <laughs> but they're, they're, to me, you know, you keep hearing about this leadership... Um, his personality, and obviously, I guess that could win you over. But yeah, there's nothing in a workout wise that he's going to wow you right now. Uh, the only good part I keep hearing is that 
According to him, his doctor says he will be cleared in time for training camp. Oh, no, I think he can win the Saints over. And I think the Saints are interested in him. I don't think this is a mirage. I think that they're bringing him in because they feel like he might be a guy they end up drafting, but I just do not see him being on the on the table for them at Day 29. One, right. Unless, unless every single first-round graded prospect they have is off the board and he's the next highest and it just makes sense. But even then... That would be a that you trade down, or I mean, I don't even know. Yeah, it just would not. It, it would be a it would be a really rough look. And again, like I don't think that you rule out drafting a quarterback just because you have Derek Carr. But no, they need to develop that. We've talked about that. He came here because you committed to him, right? Right. Like and and in in drafting a quarterback at number twenty nine, you would be undermining that promise. And it would just be a rough like if I'm Derek Carr. And I kind of made you committed to me, and I committed to you. And then the first thing you do is draft my replacement. You start getting those Raiders feelings again, where I'm not wanted. This is not the atmosphere that I want to be in. So yeah, yeah. I, I totally get that. Right? Like it's a it's a it's a, a holistic thing. Like you're you're trying to build his confidence, not undermine it. It'd be like you getting hired at a new job, and oh by the way, this is Johnny. He's going to yeah. be doing the same thing. He's your assistant. And if this was next year, <laughs> I would feel differently. Like year one. You have holes. Like this team is not ironclad. Like there are holes on this team that can be addressed in the draft and can be addressed at twenty nine and forty. What could those holes be? Well, we're gonna get into that. <laughs> we're gonna get into that. But not only would you not be addressing those holes, you would also be sacrificing a roster spot. And I think that's what people need to remember is if you draft Hendon Hooker, not only are you adding a quarterback and sacrificing the ability to add a first-round prospect at a position of need? You are also adding a third quarterback that you have to keep on the roster. You cannot put him on the practice squad because you would have to cut him and he would get claimed like this. Right. And you signed Jameis Winston. Like, you reduced his salary, but you're not cutting him. He's your backup. So you would be committing to having three quarterbacks on the roster plus Taysom Hill who is now kind of useless in that emergency role, like you're losing that kind of maneuverability and that actually is a benefit to you. So it hurts you in terms of, okay, you're going to have to cut, you're going to have to make another difficult cut somewhere else because you're making this pick. And that would be true at, at one, two, three, wherever you drafted him, but it does complicate things. And I think for a team that does feel like it has playoff ambitions this year, that's a that's a tough thing to swallow, and it, it would have to be that that analysis, that scouting on him would have to be perfect. Like his grade would have to be so far above what you would consider to be a project to go in the first round. It just makes zero sense. And again, like third, fourth round, I'm on board. Bring him in. I think that would be great. You also kind of split the difference of having to deal with the fact that he's already 25, and he might not start his first NFL game until he's 27. But again, I think that this visit, we get back to kind of the visit itself, I think it is very much about, okay, how is his health coming along? He can say all he wants that he's going to be ready for training camp. What do but our I doctors need my, say? Yeah, exactly. I need my staff to look Does at Does he have cancer? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Would it be a Debbie Downer? There? Does his <laughs> heart beat the right way? <laughs> you know? I mean, I'm just saying it's something that we've seen, right? That's why these doctors are important. That's why these physicals are important because you – you don't know. You're getting reports from other people, and you want them just right, to like, that, uh, go get, sit under RMRI for a minute. Thanks. Hooker could be leaving out some significant information his doctor is telling him and just sharing or the his positive doctor, going, going, hey, yeah, he's ready to go. Or his doctor could just be wrong. 
Like, that was the thing. So, Foster Morrow, and, you know, we I feel like we've talked about this three podcasts in a row, but he had a, he had a, I think it was with the Bengals. He had a physical with the Bengals and the nothing. day before he had his physical with the Saints. Yeah. And they gave him a clean bill of health. Yeah, it's, that's completely Not, wild and makes you wonder... What's up with the Bengals medical staff? Not all doctors do the same job. Yeah. And to be fair, they, they probably weren't, just weren't looking for it. They're making sure his back works and his knees work. And his, you know, uh, they weren't there. This is not something they were on the alert for. But the Saints, the Saints found it good for him and good for them. But that's why you do it. That's why you're doing it. This is not a, oh, man, the Saints are all in on Hendon Hooker. That's not what these visits mean. And yeah, I think Mark, Mark broke it down well. A little off topic there. As you mentioned, Foster Morrow and the team didn't ever address the tight end position again in free agency, so you would be led to believe that's still a quote-unquote area need. I do wonder, you know, there's a question there, which is, were you bringing in Foster Morrow because you were very much in need of a tight end? Or were you bringing in Foster Morrow because you wanted a pass catcher that could act as kind of a security blanket who Derek Carr knows was familiar with right. and did Brian Edwards kind of fill that as a backup option, even though he's not a tight end, right? And I think that that might be what happened. That's a great point because he's is another a big body receiver. Right, it's, he's not a tight end, but he's six three, two fifteen. In the sense that you're looking for a kind of security blanket contested catch guy, I think that that might be what happened. Is you were looking to bring him in as just for the familiarity, and yeah, you kind of revert, reverse course and went Brian. Um, but no, I think you know we're going to get into the positions of need, and that's a that's a question: is is tight end a position of need? You know, is linebacker a position of need? We already got into that, and uh, we're going to get into a little bit more of that. So let's wrap this segment up. We're going to come back one more segment. We're going to talk about which positions, maybe the top three positions, the Saints still need to address, whether it be through free agency or the draft. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. Let's do it.